to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to episode 57 of the Life Lessons podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing really well. I mean, the puppy has been with us for, I think we're in our third week. And she's figuring it out, but she's getting, we call her the land shark. She's got those. You've never had a puppy. No, I haven't. She has little baby puppy teeth. Puppy teeth are the sharpest thing on earth. <laughs> Kitten teeth are sharp too. Kittens do the same thing. Do they? Okay. Yeah, and they also have those little claws that claw you up. Oh, well, she doesn't have claws, luckily. That'd be like double Double whammy there. She'll be sitting there sweet as can be on my lap and then just all of a sudden lunge up and try to bite my face. <laughs> That's a kitten too. A kitten will all of a sudden like wrap its little body around your wrist and start scratching you with its back claws and its front claws and biting you. But it's so funny how much puppies grow so fast. I mean, I guess it's just like anything baby, but we had this little bed for her. And when Eric first bought it to her, I thought that is way too big for her. And she couldn't get in and out of it when we first got her. She would like fall out of it. And now she's jumping over the back of it and she's flipping it over and she's growing up to be a big girl. Oh, that's fun. I don't want any puppies. No. Or kittens. I don't want puppies or kittens. I'm done with that. You know, if I ever have to get another cat, I'm going to adopt an adult cat. I just heard something recently. I saw this, and I don't know where I saw it at, but this is a little life lesson. I might have seen it in the Life Lessons Community Facebook group. Somebody was looking to adopt a cat, a kitten. And they said that you should always adopt kittens in pairs. Because they're litter mates. Because. That's a great tip. And they need, like, that helps them learn and grow together, like they feed off of each other. That if you don't already have an older cat in the house that can, like, teach them how to be cats, that you should always get two. That's a great tip. You know, I we have had issues with having cats and then bringing a new cat into the house, and that didn't work. We have that right now. Like, Lucy, our cat Lucy, no one likes her. She's so sad. <laughs> I got her because I thought she'd be friends with Ellie because I was like, Ellie needs a friend. Wrong. Ellie did not want a friend. She's the queen bee and no friend. So Lucy just is there and they still fight. They're not friends. I, I also think girl cats are tricky to have another girl cat, apparently. Maybe. Well, Ellie sure is. But getting two litter mates, I think, because they, you know, they literally grew together. They already love each other. They, so that's probably a really good tip. Litter mates. Well, at least Lucy has a 
home. She does. She's happy. I mean, she doesn't have any cat friends. But now Ringo and Ellie, you know, we had we had Jackson and then Jackson, we lost him this year. He was 18. Apparently, he was like this curmudgeon that we didn't realize. He kept the other cats in line. Like Ringo wasn't allowed to hang out with us, apparently. But the way we know that is because now Ringo is all over us. Now that Jackson's gone, like every day I sit in the chair and Ringo sits beside me in the chair and Ellie's in my lap. And so it's like there we're all ha- – and Lucy like looks out in from the other room. She just watches us. <laughs> well, do you remember when Ringo would always come crawl all over me and you were like, he doesn't do that? Maybe because Jackson hadn't – Jackson didn't care if Ringo was all over me. He didn't say stay off of her. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> stay away from my mama and my Daddy, stay away. And so, I mean, Ringo did. He stayed away. But now he's he sat on my sister's lap on Thanksgiving, Ringo did, which was so funny. Yeah, he was like all over my sister. Yeah, he's a sweetie. But he did not apparently like Jackson. Also, funny story, when Ringo was a kitten and we got him, we had Jackson and another cat, Zabaco. So we brought Ringo in and he was a, you know, a young cat, maybe like young teenager-ish equivalent to the a little bit of a kitten, but not baby, baby. But one day I walked out. We had a, a bathtub on our screened porch. It was a, like a jacuzzi out there. And you remember it from my old house. And one day I walked out there and Ringo was in the jacuzzi. Of course, didn't have any water in it because, we, you know, we filled it up with clean water every time we used it. And he had like diarrhea and had been trying to get out. But Jackson and Zabaco were standing on the edge of the tub. like It's like they were hazing him into some kind of a cat ritual. I don't know. But there was Ringo having cat diarrhea all over. And he was like panicked and couldn't get out. And they were just watching him. And I'm like, what is happening here? Like, who knows? Some kind of cat hazing ceremony that we interrupted. I had to give him a bath. It was not easy. Cats don't like baths. <laughs> But, you know, maybe that set the tone right there about Jackson being the, you know, head honcho. I'm not sure. Anyway, good times. Well, now it's time for our weekly good news segment. And today's contribution comes from Patty in Michigan. She wrote, thank you to Discount Tire at the intersection of 14 and John R. Road in Troy, Michigan. I've had three low tire pressure incidents in the last two months, and I knew I couldn't blame it on the change in weather anymore. So I made an appointment for this evening at 4 p.m. Sure enough, there was a nail in the tire. Because of the rain, the technician asked if I wanted to drive the car out of the garage myself. And I said, just let me pay quickly and I'll be right there. He said he wasn't charging me, but would appreciate it if I mentioned the store to any friends looking to buy tires. And by the way, I did not purchase my tires from them. Those on my car from the factory. What a happy day. So so he just like patched the hole and sent her on her way. That What a nice thing to do. Yeah, Discount Tire in Troy, Michigan. And so anybody go to Discount Tire in your hometown too. <laughs> That's a great story. I love that. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. By now you know that Jen and I love our beauty counter. The list of reasons is endless. 
As I navigate perimenopause, I want to introduce as few endocrine disruptors and other toxins into my body as possible. I know that when I reach for a beauty counter product that I am achieving that goal. With their never list of ingredients that have been proven or are suspected to be harmful, I know that they have done the homework for me. While I know that I come across things in my daily life that are not ideal, at least I know I'm reducing my exposure to these items with the things I can control. I am a fan of the entire counter timeline. I love the charcoal bar soap and mask, and I have recently fallen in love with their lip gloss. And I am a lip gloss junkie. I'm very picky, and I love their lip gloss. I do not have any trouble with their glosses like I do many brands. A lot of brands, I have very sensitive lips for some reason. I don't know what's in them that bothers it. I've tried to pinpoint the ingredient or whatnot, but something weird. There's something right? weird. And they actually make my lips like more chapped and red and like burn. So I, I was hesitant to try their lip glosses, but it's been successful transition and I love them. Like you swipe it on and hours later, it's still there magically. I don't know how it works. They're smooth, hydrating, and not sticky at all. So if you would like to learn more about the lip gloss or any of their other wonderful products, visit beautycounter.com forward slash Sherry Bullock or go to the shop with us tab at lifelessonscommunity.com. And you know, I love Beauty Counter too. Well, now it's time for our Life Lesson of the Week. And this week, we are going to talk about one of Jen's and my favorite subject. And we often make reference to it, but we've never talked about it on this show. And that is intermittent fasting. I know. I can't believe we've never had an episode, but we haven't. Because you're like, let's do intermittent fasting. I'm like, we really, we haven't had one yet. So many of our listeners know us because of intermittent fasting, either from the Delay Don't Deny community or one of Jen's other podcasts, such as the Intermittent Fasting Stories or the IF podcast. But many of our listeners may not be that familiar with intermittent fasting. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've heard us mention it. It's definitely becoming more mainstream. It's even being mentioned on various TV shows. The community is, was so excited because apparently we have a bunch of people who love Yellowstone and they mentioned it on Yellowstone. It was a big to-do. So many times people think intermittent fasting is just for weight loss, but it's so much more than that. Since starting in January, we're going to be spending several weeks, the even-numbered shows to be exact, we'll be diving into Jen's latest book. The book is titled Cleanish, Eat Mostly Clean, Live Mainly Clean, and Unlock Your Body's Natural Ability to Self-Clean. And fasting goes hand in hand with this philosophy, and it's really what led Jen to write this book. So we thought before we would dive into Cletus in the upcoming weeks that we should give a little crash course on IF. That way everybody has an understanding of how, how IF works and how it helps your body self-clean. I think it's our body's most powerful self-cleaning mechanism out there. Honestly, I was just sitting here thinking, why wouldn't we talk to our listeners about IF. I mean, I really feel like you're one of the top intermittent fasting. You know what? Spokespeople. Kind of. It's so weird. I know you think that's weird. It is so weird. I was just at the ACC Championship game. Wake Forest, give them a shout out for making it to the game. But unfortunately, they lost it in Wake Forest fashion. I love Wake Forest, but lost the game. But when I went for the weekend, I was like down in the lobby. When I first got there and this girl said, are you Jen Stevens? I'm like, I thought maybe she went to Wake Forest, right? No, no, just a random person <laughs> who recognized me. I was like, what? 
that's happened a few times. It happened, you know, an elevator here and there. It happens, like, in Target or whatever. In Augusta, it's not as weird. But I was in, like, Charlotte. Do you have, like, a little weird identity crisis in that moment? Like, you're like, who am I? I feel like, like it panics me for a minute. And I'm like, what's happening? Then I'm like, okay, okay, it's a listener or it's a, you know, a reader. It's the weirdest thing to be recognized anyway. I didn't tell you this. I lost my driver's license in the parking lot of a restaurant that my husband and I went to for lunch one day. And this lady, I didn't know that she worked there at all, but this random woman walked up to the table and she said, are you Sherry Bullock? And I had one of those like, oh my gosh, am I having a gin moment? Are you, is she a listener of the podcast? Yeah. And she said, I thought so. Is this your driver's license? And I was like, yes. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I was not recognized. <laughs> it started to happen a few, you know, a little bit more and it's just weird. It's so weird. But if anyone sees me, if they think they see me, please come introduce yourself to me because I love knowing that people are out there who have read my books or listened to the podcast. It's a lot of fun, even though at first I'm always like, what? She messages me every time. So if you say hi to Jen, you're like saying hi to me kind of as an extension. Because <laughs> it just feels so weird anyway. I don't know. Good times. You're changing the world, Jen. Well, it's not me alone. It's me and everyone who spreads the word. I can't do it by myself. It's the community that's changing the world. That is true. Let's just talk to a person who really, like, they've heard the term intermittent fasting. They don't know that much about it. They know that, like, you don't eat and then you eat. So tell us, like, what is IF? What is intermittent fasting? Well, first of all, I want to tell you what it's not. And it's not a diet. You know, it makes me cringe when anyone says, oh, the intermittent fasting diet. I'm like, nope, nope. You know, diet is what you eat. We all have a diet, whether it's the standard American diet or if you're, I don't know, keto or vegan, you know, whatever you eat is your diet. Intermittent fasting is not what you eat. It's when you eat. Of course, that doesn't mean that what you eat is meaningless. What you eat can matter a great deal. But intermittent fasting is when you eat. Most of us who live an intermittent fasting lifestyle, because that's what it is, most of us have a daily eating window. You know, the official name for that is time-restricted eating. And it's basically a period of the day where you're, all of your eating is within that period. And then the other part of the day, you're not eating. So it's just, you know, think of it as a light switch, on or off. You're either in your eating window or your eating window is closed. It's yes or no. It's pretty easy. So, you know, we start off learning to, you know, the first thing you have to do is teach your body how to do this. You know, you're not going to be like, day one, oh, I think I'm going to do intermittent fasting. So I'm going to, you know, start eating at five o'clock today and have a four-hour eating window and eat for four hours and then close my window. That would not be a good way to begin. Intermittent fasting is really learning how to do something new for your body. Most of us throughout our life have lost what we call metabolic flexibility, and that's the ability of your body to switch fuel sources at any given time. You have ever been hangry? I know you've been hangry before, Sherry. Oh, right? yes. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. If you've ever been hangry, that is a sign that you are not metabolically flexible. You know, I remember before I did intermittent fasting, you know, I probably would have thought, I can't do that because I have to eat every couple of hours. You know, I'd wake up in the morning, I would eat my breakfast. A couple hours later, I was hungry again. I would have a, maybe a latte. Then I was hungry again. Then I would have a snack. Then I was hungry again. Now it's 1130. I mean, 
<laughs> now I'm having lunch. And, you know, constantly all day long, I was eating, eating, eating. You know, basically, that's kind of what they tell us to do these days, you know, to eat small meals all the time. All that did was make me on that roller coaster of blood sugar up and down and up and down, and I was just always starving. Once I my body adapted to intermittent fasting, though, it changes everything. You know, you become metabolically flexible, and again, that doesn't happen overnight, but, you know, right now we're recording this at 4.43 in the afternoon. I have not eaten since dinner last night, and I feel fabulous. I have great mental clarity. I have great energy. I could do anything physically that I needed to do because my body now knows how to tap into fat stores for fuel. And that's what you're not doing when you're on that roller coaster all day long. That's why it's so hard to lose weight on a low-calorie diet because all day long you're you're starving and you're you're relying on that next food eating opportunity, which really isn't enough to keep you going. But our bodies are great at fueling themselves in the fasted state. So that's time-restricted eating. You're eating in a certain period of the day. So I wake up in the morning and I don't eat. Then I open my eating window. All my food is within that. Then I close my eating window. As I said, that's the most common type of intermittent fasting, although there are other styles. We can't really get into all of those here because, you know, I wrote a whole book, Fast, Feast, Repeat. It's like, you know, this thick and a lot of info in there. But um, alternate daily fasting approaches, 5-2, so many ways you can craft an intermittent fasting lifestyle that works for you. Just remember, it's not what you eat that makes intermittent fasting what it is. It's when you eat. And I want to just interject a little bit. Most people who eat a conventional diet and they eat all day long, your body is good at burning sugar. That's what it's burning for energy. So when you feed it, you're giving it ready energy in the form of sugar. And then when that runs out, your body's looking for more, which is when you your blood sugar drops down and you get hungry, you get hangry. And then you get in this vicious cycle of feed the beast. So when you're metabolically flexible, then your body, when it runs out of readily available sugar to use for energy, it flips over and starts burning your own body fat for energy. And Dr. Mark Matson, he's he works um well he's not retired, but he worked for Johns Hopkins. His research is in neurological type stuff, Alzheimer's, that sort of thing. He's been doing intermittent fasting himself for a long long time, but he wrote a fantastic journal article called Flipping the Metabolic Switch, and it's all about the, you know, health benefits of fasting. But I like to think of that it's flipping that metabolic switch. The first time I read that that journal article, you can find it listeners if you just Google Flipping the Metabolic Switch, you'll find it. And it really helped me understand how that works. And every day we're flipping that metabolic switch. And I can really feel it now that I know what's happening behind the scenes. And I talk about all that in Fast Feast Repeat, you know, the science of it. But now that I know, I can actually feel it happening. Like I wore a continuous glucose monitor not that long ago that um, someone sent me for free. And I just tried it out for a couple of weeks. But it was interesting. I could actually feel my body getting a little hungry, maybe about 11 in the morning. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little hungry. And then I would look on the continuous blood glucose monitor. And that was the exact moment my blood sugar from, you know, whatever my, my liver dumping its glycogen, and these are all advanced words. So if everybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. But I could see on the monitor that that was exactly the moment that my body was shifting down. And then after that, my blood sugar stayed very steady. You know, it wasn't like low, low, crazy low, but it stayed like right around maybe 72. 
for the entire rest of the time that I was fasting. It didn't go up and down and up and down. It didn't keep going lower. It just stayed at 72 for the rest of my, my fast, no matter how long I waited to open my window. And it was just interesting to see. That was like my body's fuel tank. And I'd gone through the sugar, but there I was cruising along. And I felt fabulous. But I actually could see it happen in real time. And it was fascinating. So explain to listeners, how do you fast? What do you do while you're fasting? So it's the clean fast coming up. What is the clean fast? So, you know, we have three goals. There are the three fasting goals. And I talk about this in Fast, Feast, Repeat. And your first fasting goal is you want to keep insulin low. And people who have never, you know, thought about insulin and how it relates to fasting, like, what isn't insulin what you give, you know, diabetics when when they, isn't that related to diabetes? And actually, insulin is a hormone we all have. And, you know, we have insulin released in our bodies in response to stimuli. And interestingly enough, if our insulin levels are high all the time, we have a hard time tapping into our fat stores for fuel. And it turns out when we were doing that eating all day thing, the low calorie diet where you're constantly putting in something every couple of hours, well, our bodies release insulin in response to every time we eat. And so we're keeping insulin high, high, high. And so you're not getting it low enough to really tap into your fat stores for fuel. So we want to keep our insulin low. The good news is that fasting is the best way to keep your insulin low. Sometimes, though, people will make a mistake with fasting because they're like, well, okay, it's all just about calories and eating. So as long as I'm not eating, I can have, you know, a diet soda that's zero calories, or it could have a sweet lemon in my water, apple cider vinegar in my water. Well, it turns out that our brains don't understand when food flavors have zero calories or when sweetness has zero calories. Artificial sweeteners are not natural. In nature, when you're taking in sweetness, it's honey or fruit or something, and your body prepares for a glucose load coming in. But with these artificial sweeteners, Nothing actually comes in, but your body has a cephalic phase insulin response, releases insulin in preparation for really calories or sugar that never comes. So if you're drinking diet sodas, that keeps your insulin high during the day. So you want to keep your insulin low. And we do that by avoiding anything that your brain is going to think is food or a food flavor, even things like cinnamon, you know, herbs and spices, Anything, if it's a food, a food flavor, or it's sweet. So you want to keep your insulin low so you can tap into your fat stores for fuel with low insulin. So that brings us into our second fasting goal. We want to tap into our fat stores for fuel. You don't want to do things like put butter in your coffee or MCT oil in your coffee or drink exogenous ketones because those are all fuel sources for your body. If you're putting in you know, cream in your coffee, if you're putting in butter in your coffee, your body doesn't need to tap into your fat stores. It's going to just use that fuel out of your coffee cup. I'd rather use the fuel on my buns than the fuel in my coffee cup. And fasting goal three is we want to keep autophagy going strong. And if you've never, you know, looked into intermittent fasting, you're like, what in the world is that? Well, autophagy is one of our body's most amazing self-cleaning mechanisms. It's what happens when we have no fuel coming in and, you know, our body's, okay, now it's tapping into fat stores for fuel, but it's also looking around, rummaging around and seeing what else is out there that, that can be broken down and recycled. It's basically our body's recycling and upcycling system. So it's breaking down those junky proteins. It might also be working on, you know, pathogens that are floating around, but you want to keep autophagy going 
going strong. And of course, food would stop that, but protein specifically. So you don't want to take in anything like bone broth. You might think, yeah, but it's, you know, broth, that's fine. No, it's first of all, it's food food flavor, but it also has protein. So what can you have? I just talked about the things you want to avoid. So what you want to keep in in your fasting time would be plain water. Don't add any flavors to it, even like a floater of cucumber. There's a food flavor. You want to have plain sparkling water, no added flavors. It can be really hard to find plain sparkling water, by the way. I was recently at a Starbucks, yes, in Tampa, while out and about in like a convenience store. And so I'm like, you know, do you not have any plain lime or lemon? Avoid all that. I promise you it matters. You know, all this fancy. There's so much fancy flavored water out there now. Avoid it during the fast. Save it for your eating window. You can also have black coffee and plain tea. Because an interesting thing about insulin response is that bitter flavors like black coffee, plain tea, do not cause that cephalic phase insulin response. So don't have like your flavored coffee, you know, avoid the hazelnut, the French vanilla flavored coffee. Because that's again, that's a food flavor coming in. Stick to unflavored coffee. If it sounds delicious, you don't want it in your fast, really. Unless you just love black coffee, which I think is delicious. Black coffee now does sound delicious to me because I'm used to it. But so many people are like, well, I can't drink my coffee black. Well, yeah, you can. Our taste buds adjust. Our taste buds actually change over time. So if you can't tolerate it now, you give, give yourself a week or two. Hold your nose. Drink it black. Eventually, one day, you'll try coffee the old way that you used to like it in your eating window. You'll try it, and it will taste awful. And you'll be like, oh, now I've been converted. (laughs) It happens. And people are always like astonished. They're like, I thought that Jen was crazy, but she's right. But the thing about the clean fast is if you go out there and start looking, you can find someone out there who thinks it's okay to have anything during the fast. And it's fine. There'll be someone who says, oh, you can put cream in your coffee. It's fine. I promise you it isn't. Cream is nature's perfect food for growing a baby cow. Does that sound like fasting? It's not. And actually, dairy is is all babies. It's what helps babies grow fast and the time of their life when they're growing the most. That is the least fasting thing out there, <laughs> the most growth promoting. So I'm sorry for the bad advice where someone told you cream was fine, but it isn't, even if it's a little bit even if it's under 50 calories. And that's so important because if you are not clean fasting, you are not training your body to flip that metabolic switch. So you are now on a restrictive diet, which is the same as low-calorie dieting, and we know that low-calorie dieting lowers your metabolic rate over time, where if you clean fast, you are not lowering your metabolic rate. You can actually raise it. Because your body's well-fueled. And your body is getting healthier over time instead of sicker over time. So what if someone tried fasting before and then they quit? What they thought, you know, this is just too hard. I can't do this. I can't stay on program, whatever the reasons were. And, And we've heard them all. What are some of the reasons that you feel like people are probably not successful when they are starting? And, you know, I hear this all the time. You know, when you meet someone and we start talking about it and I talk about intermittent fasting. And at first, when I first started doing it, like 2014, people would be like, what's that? (laughs) But now it's more common to run into people and they either say, 
I do that. And then we talk about it because, it, you know, they do it. Or they say, I tried that. It didn't work for me. And so I, I actually love it when they say, I tried that and it didn't work for me. Because that means I've, I'm talking to someone who was interested in it, but I can help them do it right. So I always say, tell me, first I say, tell me what you were drinking. And they always were not fasting clean, literally 100% of the time. When someone has told me it didn't work for them, they were not fasting clean every single time. I have never had someone say it didn't work for me and they were fasting clean, ever. So that tells me something right there. And in fact, in the community, a lot of people, you know, they, they take the clean fast challenge that I have in Fast Feast Repeat, or maybe they listen to intermittent fasting stories and they hear it over and over and over again. Then finally, they're like, all right, I'm finally, I'm going to try it your way. I'm going to stop drinking my Bulletproof coffee, even though I don't believe you. I'm going to try it. And they're like, oh, guess what? It really is easier. Huh? Surprise. So... I did the clean fast challenge before it was a thing. You sure did. <laughs> yeah. We told that story on episode zero. Tell it again. I was drinking stevia in my coffee and having a Diet Dr. Pepper here or there throughout my fast. And I'm not going to say that I did not lose weight. I lost 75 pounds not fasting clean. I was starving. The whole 75. <laughs> Me too. I was hungry. White knuckling it every day. I started wondering how long I could do this for. I needed help. I needed support because I wasn't strong enough to keep doing it on my own. And that's what led me to finding Jen and her Delay Don't Deny community because I was like, nobody understood. I would tell people I'm so hungry and they're like, just eat. And I was like, no, that's not what you're supposed to tell me. And I came to Jen's group, and she had her little clean fasting rule in the group. And uh, I was like, Jen, this lady's crazy. My diet, Dr. Pepper, and my stevia is not affecting my fasting. And I left her group. I joined, and I left. And then I did some research, and um, I read about the cephalic phase insulin response. And I thought, huh, maybe that lady knows what she's talking about. So I went back to Jen's group switched to the clean fast. Let me tell you, it makes all the difference. I went from only being able to fast 16 hours a day to easily fasting 19, 20 hours a day. And the changes in my body were just astounding. I don't even, I can't even explain it. Because now you're finally tapping into your fat stores efficiently. I mean, I'm not going to say you can't lose fat. Without fasting clean, that would be ridiculous. Obviously, I lost fat when I lost 75 pounds, but I was white knuckling it the whole time. It never felt good, and it was a struggle. And I had started to slowly regain after I lost my 75 pounds. Well, because as you slower your metabolism, you have to continue to eat less and less and less. So if you are accustomed to eating a certain amount over time, you're going to start to regain weight. And then I listened to, or I read the obesity code and I learned about the cephalic phase insulin response. I learned, and I'm like, okay, because I would have sworn to you the whole 75 pounds down. Clearly, I, stevia worked for me and cinnamon and my coffee and all the gum, whatever. But once I was like, all right, and I, I switched it black coffee, plain water, plain sparkling water only, not only did I lose the weight I had started to regain. I went on to lose more, and I was wearing a size four from the loft, and then over time, I continued. I lost at least five more pounds. I no longer weigh myself, but I got down to a size zero 
from the loft. I'm sitting here right now in those same size zero loft jeans that I bought in, I guess it was probably 2016 because I, I lost the weight from 14 to 15. And then from 15 to 16, when the obesity code came out in early 16, that was when I was like having a little bit of slow weight gain. Switched to the clean fast in 2016. And then by 2017, I was down to a size zero loft jeans without any struggle. Any weight I had gained, I lost. And so I ended up being over 80 pounds down, and I've been able to maintain it ever since. And I really think it was the clean fast. If, it, if I hadn't made the switch, I probably would have given up, regained all the weight, and I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to Sherry. And I went from a size 10 as a dirty faster to a size 6 as a clean faster, and my weight did not change significantly at all maybe five pounds. So, but the body composition changed so much. So the clean fast is so, so important. But that's number one. The second thing that that someone might not have been successful is they didn't give it enough time and they weren't consistent enough, right? Because we talked before about becoming metabolically flexible and that doesn't happen overnight. You don't go from a sugar burner to flipping the metabolic switch in a day or even a week or maybe even in three weeks. You know, that's why in Fast Feast Repeat, I have the 28-day fast start where your only goal is to nail the clean fast and let your body adapt to fasting. Maybe on the first day, you fast for 12 hours and that's it. And then maybe on the next day, you can make it to 14 and stay there for a few days. You're just teaching your body to fast. You've got to give it time and you've got to be consistent every day you know, try to stick to that. And eventually your body will adapt and it will get easier and it'll feel better. So you can't judge it based on the beginning. I want to say something that I think is really important and that is often not really thought about a lot is that we are creatures of habits. Humans are creatures of habit, okay? So you are starting this new lifestyle and not only are you teaching your body to do something new, there's a huge mental component to it as well. So you are having to, people don't understand or think about or recognize until they become successful fasters, how often we put food in our mouth to ease stress, worry, concern, heartache, celebration, boredom. And then when you suddenly start fasting, you realize, oh, I can't put that in my mouth. I'm fasting right now. And there's a whole like retraining of your whole brain and that whole like muscle memory. I mean, really, you're like, I'm bored. You go to the cabinet and open the chip cabinet up. And then you suddenly are like, wait, I can't be in the chip cabinet. I'm fasting. We do these things without even like consciously realizing that we do them. So you have to allow time for your body, your mind to adapt. But then you also mindset is like super, super huge. And that you have to recognize, I think it's so important to understand, this is why I say read Jen's book, Fast Feast Repeat, because it explains to you what is happening in your body. And if you don't know what's happening in your body and you don't understand it and you don't know what signs and symptoms of changes in your body are, then you immediately think something's wrong, this isn't right. I don't feel good today, this isn't for me, whatever. But when you're armed with the knowledge of what's happening, then you can go in, you know, educated about it with the mindset of, okay, it's going to be hard this week, but I'm going to push through and I'm going to get to the other side and I'm going to be rewarded by pushing through 
because my body is going to flip the switch. It's going to learn to flip that switch. And if you don't know enough to realize that there is light at the end of the tunnel, you might get frustrated and quit before the magic happens. Absolutely. And that's what I always did. I first heard about intermittent fasting probably in around 2009. And of course, at that time, anything you read basically said, yeah, intermittent fasting is great. It's a way to eat fewer calories. That's really, everyone just thought it was a way to eat fewer calories. You would eat in a window to eat fewer calories. You would eat every other day because you're eating fewer calories. And we didn't really understand all the things that had to happen in your body or low insulin. I mean, I'm sure some doctors understood, but in the everything you read about, it was just eat fewer calories because you're eating in five hours a day. Drink your diet soda if you want, because that's zero calories. We had so much bad info out there. So I would try it, and I might would do it for like four days. And then I would quit and go away for the weekend and didn't fast the whole time. And then on Monday, I'm like, I'm doing it again, and I would try. And so I basically lived in the adjustment period, and it was horrible. I never got out of it. No, you want to get on through that. So... (laughs) Let me tell you, as an experienced faster, I went on a cruise, a delayed on a night cruise, and I had long windows. We were eating eight, 10 hours a day, you know, drinking fruity drinks by the pool and on the island and, you know, delicious food and late nights dancing at the, you know, nightclub on the ship and whatever. I came home and I thought I was sick for like three days. And I told Jen, I feel awful. I'm so exhausted. I can't move off the couch. And she said, yeah, you refilled your glycogen stores. My body was storing up all that extra food and drink and sugar I'd had. And all of a sudden on day three, about one o'clock in the afternoon, all of a sudden it was like somebody flipped a switch and the lights were shining again. And I was like awake. And so like I got a really good like firsthand experience of what it felt like to be in that transition period again. And I'll tell you, it's not fun. And I don't go gangbusters on vacations now because I don't want to do that. Can I tell you this weekend when I was at the football game, I had a 10-hour fast (laughs) one night. (laughs) Because look, we were up eating at like 2 a.m. because we'd been out. We ran and it was so much fun. We're walking down the street and um, it was like, like, you know, late at night, we're walking down the street and this guy's like, are you Jen Calhoun? I mean, obviously I knew that was someone from Wake Forest because that was my maiden name. And it was some, of course, it's hard. a lot of guys don't look the same as they did in the 80s. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> but, you know, we met, met up with people that we knew from college. It was so much fun. So we were out really late. And then we came back to the hotel and had to eat a little bit because we'd been drinking. So <laughs> the next morning we had brunch reservations at noon. And I'm like, we were at Tupelo Honey, which, you know, I love. That was in Charlotte. So we ate at Tupelo Honey. At noon, I had a 10-hour fast. And that was okay. But I will tell you on Sunday, I had to push through. I did struggle a little bit. Yeah, I'm back to normal today. But I mean, it's, you know, it's a few days away. But yeah, it it took some time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is a completely adaptable. And once you burn through that glycogen, and your body learns how to flip that metabolic switch, and you become a fat burner, you can make your life work around fasting. Or you can make fasting work around your life, vice versa. I work night shifts. When I'm not working, I'm a daytime person. And I move my window where I need it to be. And when I work at night, I prefer to have a late night window. I like to eat at work. I like to close my window around midnight. And when I'm off and I'm home, I like to have dinner with my husband in the evening. 
And so you don't have to be rigid. It's flexible. You don't have to count anything except for time. And, you know, when I went, you know, this weekend and had, you know, really long eating windows and really short fasts, did I fall off the wagon, Sherry? There is no wagon with IF. There is no wagon. That's exactly right. I had shorter fasts. Even though it was 10 hours, it was still 10 hours. (laughs) And so that, you know, I didn't fall off the wagon and I didn't have any guilt. I didn't feel like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. No. I needed to eat that brunch because we were going to be going to this football game till midnight that night, too, because it didn't start till 8 p.m. And also drinking more there. I was like, I got to have this food in my system. So I... Don't make myself sick having a beer on an empty stomach. And, you know, so it was okay. And I made it through. And I did not cheat. I didn't break up. I mean, there was nothing, no wagon. So, you know, how do I do fasting now? Very flexibly. You know, here we are. We're recording. As I said, I haven't eaten since last night dinner. Now it's, you know, 5.08 p.m. No big deal. And when, we, when we're done, I probably will just wait today and, and just wait till dinner. And I'll probably just have one meal an actual one meal at dinner time with Chad. Most days, though, I open my window somewhere around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, depending on how I feel, and I'll have a hearty snack. Often it's like daily harvest bowl, something like that, lots of veggies. And then, you know, if I, I'll just wait, and then it, I'll have a good dinner with Chad and maybe a little something sweet to close my window. And it's just very flexible. And I tend to, you know, have different eating windows day to day. There's no like, I must make it this many hours, or I must have it be this short of a window, or I must, I don't have rules like that anymore. But you know, if my honesty pants start to get tight, then I'm like, okay, maybe I've had a little window creep. Yeah, maybe I have had too many restaurant meals. Maybe I had too many weekends at the beach with Sherry. I started to say that when Jen and I are together at the beach, you know, we're pretty, her and I stick to pretty like three to five hour windows most of the time, I think. But when we're at the beach, we're a little more relaxed with that. We might, you know, have a little snack or lunch or appetizers at two o'clock in the afternoon. And then we might have a late dinner and a drink on the beach after dinner or whatever. And then when we come back, yeah, the scale might be up a little bit because I'm still a daily waiter. Jen is not. You know, you just get back to your regular scheduled programming and the body just bounces right back. And it's so, I can't even tell you if this is the only time in my life that I've been able to maintain a weight ever. I mean, even going back to college, you know, in college, I would gain the freshman 15 and then I went home for the next summer and had to diet. So I used to have to, I would go up and down. That started my first little yo-yo, 1986, 87, my first yo-yo. And I yo ever since. And I'm talking like I would need to get bigger clothes. So intermittent fasting is the first time I've never had to buy bigger clothes ever again. And that's kind of amazing. Yes. There's no pre-vacation diet, post-vacation diet. I didn't have to get in shape for the ACC championship, but, you know, I didn't have to. I just went to it. So we've talked, you know, about the fact that we've been able to manage our weight and stuff, but talk a little bit about how fasting helps our bodies with disease processes and then how that works with, you know, the whole cleanish principle. You know, I like to say, and it, listeners who listen to my other podcast know, I say all the time, intermittent fasting is the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. And so, you know, like, like just yesterday, somebody posted in our, our community, they said, I don't think intermittent fasting is working. 
And of course, she was only talking about weight loss and she was not losing weight. And so, you know, whenever I hear someone say intermittent fasting isn't working, that makes me want to say, but it is, you know, it never stops working in our bodies because it's the healthiest thing we can do for our body. You know, if you're not losing weight, we can tweak that. There's a reason you're not losing weight, even with intermittent fasting. You might have to, especially if you've been obese a long time, you may have time, you may have to tweak other things. But intermittent fasting never stops working in your body. In December of 2019, it was really an exciting time for the intermittent fasting community because Mark Matson, who wrote that Flipping the Metabolic Switch article I talked about earlier, had a new article, and I can't remember the name of it exactly, but he wrote it in 2019. It came out on December 26th, and it was in the New England Journal of Medicine. And it was a whole long review article paper about the many health benefits of intermittent fasting. He talked about neurological benefits, you know, cardio, your, your heart system. I mean, literally everything. Name a system of the body. There's a mechanism for how fasting helps it you know, work better and helps it heal. You know, whether you have Crohn's disease, it helps your gut. You know, whether you have, you know, whatever. So many of our diseases are related to our lifestyle and diet, and we know this. And it it really has to do with the fact that we're not giving our body digestive rest. So almost every health condition you could name, I have probably talked to somebody who has had an improvement in that after fasting, even crazy things like skin tags, warts. Rheumatoid arthritis is a big one because any disease of inflammation, intermittent fasting dials down inflammation in your body. And so any disease of inflammation is going to be eased through fasting. And I just want to say too, you know, uh, we talk a lot about insulin and more and more, and I have a lot of Alzheimer's and dementia in my family, so this is something that's always interesting to me. More and more, they're finding out that Alzheimer's is likely caused to high insulin levels throughout your life. And that does not mean you could not have had any outward appearance of disease. You may not have been a diabetic. You may not have even been overweight. You could be very thin your entire life. But you could have had high circulating insulin all throughout your life because of your body, just the way it's designed, or your diet and the way you eat. And so intermittent fasting, is it working for weight loss? Maybe. Is it working for, to increase your health internally in ways that you can't monitor or see today? Absolutely. It cleans out plaques in the brain. You know, they're seeing a lot. There's research. They're using it for multiple sclerosis. Parkinson's. I mean, it strengthens the immune system in general because your body has time to fight things rather than being all tied up. I mean, imagine if you're trying to like prepare Thanksgiving dinner, you're not going to have time to also clean your house because there's a, and then every, you know, same as in your body. If you're constantly dealing with digestion and food coming in, your body is tied up doing that and it can't f focus on the cleaning that you need to have and all those repairing processes that are going on. It changes your health in so many ways. You know, one thing that I feel like I look younger now than I did in my in my 40s, and it's thanks to intermittent fasting. And, you know, I also want to say what was very exciting after that 2019 article is all of a sudden people started joining our community. And we always say, why were you interested in joining? This is back in the Facebook days for my community. But they started to say, 
I'm looking for the health benefits. And that like made me just like so excited because people are always like, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. And I don't knock that because that's why I started it. So I'm not minimalizing the idea of wanting to lose weight. You know, we, we want to lose weight and feel good in our bodies. But suddenly people realize, wait, this is not just a weight loss diet. You know, it's not a diet, but suddenly they're like, I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. Or I haven't lost any weight, but look, I can get my wedding ring on and off that hasn't come off in a year. So there's changes happening everywhere that are not reflected on the scale. I hope that we've encouraged a lot of you to to give it a try if you haven't done it, or if you did do it for a while and you kind of slipped away from it. You know, we're, we're coming up, this episode is coming out at the end of December. It's a really good time to, you're not getting back on the wagon, but <laughs> you're trying, you're going to recommit to your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You know, where we don't have, you know, normally before we get to our listener-led lesson, we talk about a company that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. But today, we're going to talk about our community. You know, I, we left Facebook with the Delay Don't Deny Facebook community the for the most part in March of 2021. And we, we opened our, our private community. We've now shifted that to a much better platform, which we love. Sure, you saw the other day that they just had a $25 million investment into their platform. Circle is the platform we're on, but they are just like, it's a great place to be. So we have um, the Delay Don't Deny community. And if you want support, there's really no better place to get it because everyone there is invested. They're positive. They want to see you know each other succeed. You know, I'm just feeling that community spirit like we had back in the old days when the Facebook advanced group where you and I met when it was small. That's what this new community feels like to me. So we would like to invite you to join it. If you go to jenstevens.com slash community, and we'll put a link in the show notes, but it's really easy, jenstevens.com slash community. If you just go to jenstevens.com, it's one of the tabs. And from there, there's a link that'll take you to where you can join. But the one reason I'm mentioning it now is next week, we're starting our book study for Cleanish. And we're also going to be having it on the podcast here where people can just listen and participate that way. But we're also going to have more in-depth book study in the Delight on Tonight community itself. You don't have to extra, you know, sign up for anything special. You just join the community. So for now, and really a very limited time since the, the book study starts next episode, for like one week after listening today, if you use the promo code CLEANISH, C-L-E-A-N-I-S-H, you can save 15% on your membership. And if you join for a year, Sherry did this math and it blew my mind. If you join for a year, you'll get a whole year of Delay, Don't Deny intermittent fasting support from me, from Sherry, from our fabulous community of thousands of intermittent fasters. We actually do have thousands of members on this community, and the support is just amazing. But if you join for a year, it's less than a dollar a week for the support. I mean, it is. And you get to participate in the Cleanish Book Study. You know, you can ask me questions directly, you know, talk about we're going we're gonna to study it together more in depth. But, the, you know, we start the book study here next week on the podcast. But if you want more and if you want intermittent fasting support, join the community. JenStevens.com slash community. Use the Cleanish promo code, the promo code Cleanish. Please don't forget to click apply. Yes, please click apply. You will not get the discount if you don't hit click apply. Don't email me and tell me you forgot to click apply. Oh, I, I paid full <laughs> price. You didn't click apply. Look at the total before you pay. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many people, there's a life lesson, right? I always put in the promo code and see if it changed the price.
if the price is still the same, click apply. All right, so there's that. So next we have a segment we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from Dr. Karen. And these tips come right in time for the upcoming New Year's celebrations that many people will be enjoying. You can enjoy the holiday without overdoing it and paying for it the next day. If you have a game plan going into the night, that can really help. Consider how long you will be at the party and how many drinks you plan to have. Planning means you're putting thought into your drinking prior to starting drinking. Eat before you start drinking and also snack while drinking. Hey, I already told that lesson when I talked about my football game, didn't I? And also... I'm a slow alcohol metabolizer, which means my body can't handle as much alcohol as my, my friends that I was there with. They started drinking at brunch. <laughs> they drank for like 12 hours straight. Jen did not. I didn't drink till we got to the party like an hour before the football game is when I had my first drink. So I had a lot of food, and I didn't drink for 12 hours straight. I waited. So that, that's my good tip. With a full stomach, alcohol is absorbed more slowly. Have a non-alcoholic drink before you start drinking. This will quench your thirst before you start drinking. Also include spacer drinks between alcoholic drinks. Have a drink, have a water. This will spread out your drinks and help maintain hydration to prevent your hangover. Pace your drinking. Sip, don't gulp. Avoid highly alcoholic drinks. Don't do shots. That's just coming from me. <laughs> I don't do shots at all. Also, if you're mixing your own drinks, use less alcohol and more seltzer. Also, stay busy, especially with things that keep your hands busy, you know, like you can't hold a drink and play pool at the same time. So another strategy is bring your own drinks. And when you finish what you brought, you're done for the night. And always, of course, have a designated driver if you have been drinking. You know, I followed all of those strategies. And when I woke up the next day, even though it was a long day, I did not have a hangover, and I didn't overdo it, and it really worked for me. So, and I slept through the night. <laughs> That's important. So at the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Sue. She wrote, I just heard you say something like this on one of your podcasts, and I have just loved this quote for a really long time. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people will not feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. It is not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. That was written by Mary Ann Williamson. So be yourself and do not... Hide your light for anybody. That's important. I love that. So listeners, I hope we've inspired you to try intermittent fasting or we've encouraged you to stick with it if you have been doing it. And and we will help I you. I will never do anything different. We will walk. We will help you. You don't have to be alone. We will walk with you every step of the way. Honestly, if it hadn't have been for community, I don't know if I would have made it. But having the community. You know, I started my first Facebook group in 2015. And I swear that community, it kept me going. It kept me accountable, also kept me inspired and kept me teaching about intermittent fasting. So listeners, thank you for joining us today. You can join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. You can join the Delay Don't Deny community, jenstevens.com slash community. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We would love for you to leave a review on iTunes so we can reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment? 
a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, when we will do our cleanish book study first week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.